That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Hello and welcome to Content and Capable, a podcast all about following your passions while still feeling like a proper adult. My name's Sam and I'm your host. This week I spoke to Alex and Karen from Fiend Coffee all about their process of starting up an independent coffee business and the journey they've had along the way reaching more and more people. Welcome to Content and Capable, Cam and Alex. It's lovely to have you on. Thanks so much for having us, mate. (laughs) Thank you, mate. We're two in sync. We're two in sync. We're like twins. We share the same brain. Well... I was about to say, just goes to show that you guys are, it must be really, really good at business and working together f- with the business. <laughs> sometimes it's good, sometimes, it, <laughs> sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes we argue like an old married couple, but we always make up. Oh, I, always fi- I always think that, you know, arguing like an old married couple just really, really adds to the aesthetic. <laughs> uh, you have people over and you're arguing like an old married couple. Uh, I think people find it entertaining, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> we had friends over the other night and it was they, I was just arguing with my brothers who live with me and it was just like, people were just watching. It's like, this is game of tennis between <laughs> these siblings. Yeah, literally. Live reality TV. Yeah, it's great. People just back away sometimes when we get into a yeah, like the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a bit intense. Other times it's just entertaining. Yeah. We have family friends who like want us to fight because they enjoy watching it. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. masochistic, but like, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, I normally start with a little bit of a background on how I found the guests. Um, so, uh, the Cam and Alex are from Fing Coffee, uh, and I saw them on TikTok. Uh, Cam and Alex, do you want to explain what Fing Coffee is? For sure. Absolutely. Uh, Fing Coffee is basically, our mission is to create, uh, make it easy for people to create better coffee at home. That's kind of like the simplest way I think we can put it. Um, and the way that we try and do that is by creating products, coffee products that are designed exclusively for the home market. So we don't sell coffee to cafes or anything like that. We've got, mm. uh, our main hero product, which you would have seen on TikTok is our home body espresso blend. And that is designed specifically for the home coffee machine. And yeah, that's, that product has mm. only recently launched and that's been really exciting. The feedback we've got from that. And we've got a whole lot of other things in the works as well. But yeah, basically anytime we approach products, it's got to kind of stem back to being able to educate and enhance the home user experience. Um, and that's kind of what we form based well, all of our decisions around mm. really. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And how did Fing Coffee start? <laughs> oh, well, it started, it started a couple of years ago as a completely different concept um, and it's obviously been refined over the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, within business, there's lots of things that you try that obviously work and things that don't work, but, you know, we continue to chip away until we could uh, essentially refine the concept. But initially, it started, um, Cam and I went to high school together a very, very long time ago. Um, but we're in separate grades, um, but we share the same birthday, but three years apart. So we were kind of always connected in that way, a little bit of a special bond. Uh, didn't have too much to do with each other at school, really. Just co-curricular things here and there. Yeah. Knew knew of each other and would say hi every now and then. Yeah. And then after high school and stuff, I moved to the UK, uh, for about four years and was working in the coffee industry over there. Um, and I knew that um, Cam had a cafe back here and yeah. was always in the, you can... I was, yeah, I started my cafe when I was 21. And um, yeah, it was just learning about coffee, but very much like from a small business perspective, whereas Alex was very much in like more like the mm. higher end uh, coffee scene over in the UK, a little bit of corporate stuff and wholesale and stuff as well. Mm. Um, Big coffee. Yeah. Big coffee, yeah, big coffee. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, essentially COVID happened um, and I unfortunately was made redundant, which means I uh, lost my visa. Um, so I had to come back to Australia. And for some reason, um, the first person I called um, was Cambo. Um, and we hadn't spoken in oh, probably a couple of years. Yeah. Not, really? Yeah, not properly. Just like re- reacting, fire reacts to Instagram stories. That was about the extent of the conf- uh, conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, we decided to have a conversation about coffee and business and um, kind of had a similar idea and a similar concept back a couple of years ago and decided to join forces and team up. Yeah. So initially, the concept was actually called Barista Mentor. Um, and the website we launched, uh, we realized eventually we were trying to do too much. Mm. But but it, it all stemmed around like a, a very similar mission. But essentially, the way that we were solving it was we wanted to have like a coffee marketplace where you could kind of buy coffee from all different roasters, have a mm. selection of what we thought was um, kind of like uh, the best equipment at three different price points for each thing. So like, yeah, set of coffee scales, 
sort of a cheap one that's the best and an expensive one that's best and something in the middle yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then provide free education on YouTube and social uh, for that as well. So we kind of started to do that. Uh, the YouTube went quite well. Um, and then the other things were a little bit difficult without mm. the capital in the beginning. Mm, so yeah. then we refined it and we just went to doing, we, that's when Fiend Coffee was kind of hatched. And initially Fiend started as just the coffee marketplace. So we kind of narrowed that <clears> vision <throat> down. Mm, and that yeah. actually got some, some really good legs behind it. We got a lot of roasters on board. We actually launched a coffee advent calendar at the end of last year, which was 24 different roasters over 24 days, which we were massively uh-huh. underprepared for. Mm. It was a huge logistical mm. nightmare, but we pulled it off. We and, pulled it off. And got uh, great feedback. Um, but kind of coming into this year, um, with a lot of like basically shipping fees is kind of where we found uh, a lot of yeah. difficulty around that shipping directly from the roasters for freshness, obviously. So we kind yeah. of took a step back and said, hey, like long term, kind of what's the vision here? And we just thought if we can have control over the product and make something, mm. you know, we've tasted a, a whole range even more now of Australian coffee. I mean, Alex mm. had experience anyway, but we thought if we can do that in our own products, uh, long term, it's going to be better for the brand. So that's kind of when, yeah, we launched the TikTok, yeah. uh, did a 30 day challenge to say, how can we get this product into the hands of 2000 people without using paid ads? Again, being a startup with little to no capital. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's kind of where day six went viral. Uh, Christian Hull picked it up, which was amazing. It was great. Um, for those yeah. that don't know, yeah, he's a, a quite a famous comedian. Um, does I think awesome the day stuff. I get, I think the day I get Christian Hull on board, it will be the day that my life is complete. Um, yeah, just <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> yeah. He is absolutely incredible. A very, very, very funny man, and so generous as well. So generous for us, it was it was awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the the story and how you would have seen us on TikTok in your for you page. Yeah, oh, it definitely was. Um, I, and it came up a couple of times, actually. I didn't, like, engage the first couple of times. You know, you're, like, mindlessly scrolling through TikTok yeah. and you're like, oh, mm. look, there's coffee. Oh, keep scrolling, <laughs> whatever, whatever. And I think he, by the third time it came around, I'm like, these guys must be doing something right because it ended up on my feed for the third time. That's really interesting. So I checked you guys out and it was just like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is the challenge that they're doing oh, and that's that's really, really amazing. Yeah, um, cool. how did that 30-day campaign go? Yeah, it was yeah, it was definitely difficult. Um I think on on my day 30 I did a bit of a recap kind of mm. saying like everything that we learned if people want the full in-depth uh, <laughs> experience, but essentially it really kept us accountable to like keep pushing for 30 days and it stretched our brains so much creatively like we were like how are we like when we first asked ourselves this question, how are we going to sell 2000 bags in 30 days like Mm. we're like without paid ads how are we going to do that like, we had no idea yeah. we didn't get there in the end we did 1300 but that was still so far beyond what we ever thought we could have done at yeah. that time so we're still so grateful for everyone that got behind it um, but yeah we we learnt so many different things mm. by just literally trying a bunch of things and then going okay what is working and then doubling down on that mm. yeah I think it, overall it was a very interesting 30 days for us uh, I don't think you know looking back on it I think if we could choose a different 30 days, it would have been great because like both of us were (laughs) quite separated over the 30 days. Like, you know, Mm. the first week Cam was out on a separate work shoot and then he had um, no surgery, you know, and then the the week after that I was away uh, for a week in Melbourne and then we only had like a full week together. So a lot of the things that we were doing were obviously still through the phone and through Zoom and things like that, which, you know, also just goes to show that... um, you know, through modern technology, we can still, Possible, yeah. you know, overcome these challenges. Um, but yeah, the 30 days, we learned a lot, like a lot yeah. very quickly. And mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that we took out of it, I think Cam already touched on it, was it, it held us accountable. It, it was a goal, yeah. a short-term goal that has now come into a, a long-term goal and we've been able to stay accountable and continue to work towards our goals. Mm. Had you guys been working on TikTok beforehand? Like, do you, like, personally had been on tiktok or was this something completely brand new to you guys i like spend way too much time on there each week so i knew the platform (laughs) pretty well um but in terms of creating for tiktok we'd done a little bit for fiend's account Mm. um just in terms of like doing like some short educational pieces uh and played around a little bit but never i guess the biggest key was that we'd never posted consistently enough for tiktok to really pick anything up and from what we've heard since then, like obviously TikTok at the moment apparently is rewarding something like two to four videos a day. If you can do that, mm, it's rewarding yeah. that really well and pushing the content. And uh, as I said, like in the, throughout the challenge, like it wasn't until day six of us posting consistently every day 
the, yeah. the TikTok actually got uh, picked up. But in terms of that, like on my personal account, which is where the TikTok went viral, that was yeah, kind of the yeah. first videos that we had created for that. I think it was, yeah, consistency, but also it was the first time, I guess, we'd been raw and like properly, truly authentic and just genuine and in terms of just showing our fuck-ups. Oh, sorry, man. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Language, totally fine. Totally oh, fine. sweet ass. Yeah. Sweet ass, yeah. Oh, let loose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck! Um, um, yeah, I think it was the first time, like, we obviously showed our fuck-ups, the behind-the-scenes, the conversations that we were having, you know, and letting mm. people see these conversations. You know, some of the uh, previous TikToks we had done were educational content, obviously, super super valuable but they're educational but they're sometimes hard to relate to you know so this was a really great learning experience for us to be able to put ourselves out there Mm. and try and just not give a shit what people think yeah and just go for it and it's definitely you know rewarded us and now it's given us even more hunger and drive to just continue to show our friendship our business relationship and everything that we are doing as well and i think what's really interesting too is that like a lot of the times from my experience like I guess business people on TikTok or whatever, people like young guys that or girls that are showing their like e-commerce business on TikTok mm-hmm. are like, oh, look at how well I'm doing. Look at all these sales I've made. And we just came from the complete opposite angle and we're just so real and raw, like literally like this, we have no money in this yeah, business. We're broke. Yeah, we're broke. Yeah. We're going to like launch this new product and see how it goes in 30 days without paid ads. And like the response and support we got from like fellow mm. Aussies, people overseas as well that wanted to buy it. We didn't yeah. have international shipping set up because that's a nightmare, but mm. the support just pretty much across the globe was just so nice, nice to see. And yeah. yeah, we're so appreciative and grateful for all the support we got from everyone. It's a really interesting trend that I've noticed, especially as an Australian who works quite closely with Americans. You know, um, long-time listeners know that uh, as a part of the Movie Night Crew network, you know, we have, you know, the restricted section, Movie Night Crew, Of the Eldest Gods, My Cabbages, and Fandom's Gone Wrong. And they're all, you know, made by Americans. So I speak to them all the time. And it, it feels like that there is this, like barrier and it's a cultural thing i think of them not wanting one to put on like a real professional face which i understand that's totally understandable Mm. but i think from the australian perspective of going yeah i fucked up or and Mm. yeah you know not being afraid to call yourself out on your mistakes i think is something that's really genuine and fresh Mm. and works really well on a platform like tiktok which often breaks down those barriers and you get to a point where you know people are really seeing exactly who you are or who you choose to let see to be honest but Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um, it's it's amazing, and I uh, I'm very fascinated by. It. I think I could write a thesis on the impact of TikTok, um, especially Definitely. on brands, um, especially on smaller brands as well, which is is very fascinating. What were some of the really big challenges, like pre the blow up, theoretically, um, that you guys were facing as a small coffee brand? I think the biggest thing is getting enough eyes on the brand and the product. Um, you know, being able to get web traction, you know, we, we've done a lot of things back of house, you know, organically as much as possible. You know, we speak to PR companies, uh, community pages, uh, we've done some small bits of SEO as well. Um, but you know, ultimately because we're in e-commerce, so we don't have a physical front. There is no, uh, chance of somebody just walking by the store mm-hmm. for us to then interact, engage, lay on a bit of charm or something like that if, if we can. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we're, we're sitting in cyberspace, so we need to be able to drive traffic to the website. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, we know that we create really great products and they taste amazing and they look amazing. Um, <laughs> that was quite wanky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've got to believe in You've your own product. product. What, what are we doing if you True. don't believe in your own product, eh? Um, uh, but at the same time, it's this whole thing of, like, especially as Australians, we don't want to, like... Yeah. You know, hype ourselves up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but at the end of the day, our products are great and we yeah. truly believe in yeah. them. But yeah, I think the one of the hardest challenges is obviously getting the right amount of exposure and people to be able to try the product. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also was going to say, I think another thing that is really difficult from more of like a personal perspective that we both found is that when you are in those early days of starting the business and there is no eyes on the website and you are getting no traction and you are literally watching so many YouTube videos, you're reading so many books, you're listening to so many different podcasts Mm, or whatever it is to try and learn on yourself because you don't have money to pay an agency or whatever it is. You're trying to get this thing off the ground and you're posting videos Mm. or photos on social media and it's getting like little to no views. 
to keep mm-hmm. going and keep yeah. pushing every day, even though you're not seeing any results, yeah. is like I think one of the hardest things in the world. And like, 100%. what I think why often maybe so, so many businesses struggle and don't end up making it is because to push past that barrier is so much further than you think in your mind. And yeah. I think definitely if we didn't have each other yeah. to keep pushing ourselves and to lift each other up on the days where one maybe wasn't feeling so great about the whole thing, mm. like, man, the amount of times we would come in and we would just be like, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, it was like, no, we believe in this. This, As Alex said, we believe in the product. We know it's great coffee. We have a passion for that. Yeah. We wanted mm-hmm. to make, you know, get great coffee into the homes of people and now finally after mm. all this time mm. and like literally stretching our brains to the point of what else is there to do, we've finally got some traction and now we're starting to build on that. We're definitely not there. We haven't made it by any means. Yeah, but God, no. The board, you know, the stone's starting to roll now. So, And I think, yeah, you're 100% right. It's that we're so lucky to be in business with each other. I think, you know, there's been so many times in the last couple of years where we could have quit, um, you know, and but instead we refined, we, you know, changed the concept, we tried different things and we kept pushing each other. And I think that's the best thing about having a business partnership is being yeah. able to push each other to each other's limits as well, especially on the days, like you said, where you just don't feel like it. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. And, you know, working with small businesses or, or community organizations, you definitely feel that you get to the point where it's a bit burnout-y um, and you just need someone to remind you that, you know, we're still moving forward and we're still making yeah. progress. Absolutely. Um, for context, I'm sitting here, and this is probably why my audio quality is very different. I'm sitting in the community radio station I work at recording here. I'm really, really lucky to be able to do that. But, like, um, there was a period of time for a couple of weeks, um, especially in early January, where I felt like I was just, like, treading water. And we weren't getting anywhere as, you know, the shows that I am in charge of and the part mm-hmm. of the newsroom that I work with. I uh, didn't feel like it was going anywhere. And then the other day, I was reminded by our news coordinator that there are, like, a huge amount of people who listen to this particular radio station. And I, it was just, like, this little bit of energy going, I am actually doing this for someone mm, because yeah. there are actual people there. Yeah. Um, it's always nice to remind yourself of that, which is, you know, quite 100%. And I think, too, like, those few people that you do get in the early days are so important. And, like, mm-hmm. just as you said, like, just remember you're doing it for them in the early Mm. days, you know, you might only have 20 people that are buying your coffee beans, but treasure those 20 people and give us, us, yeah, that's 20 people that are buying into your product or listening to your show or watching your content that you're putting out, like treasure them and, you know, be so grateful for them. And then Mm -hmm. you hope that they will go out and spread the word. Like, and I think that's a big part of what Cam and I really try and focus on is, is, you know, being grateful for the wins and the moments. And, you know, it's sometimes surreal, you know, when we see, uh, you know, our customers repost, uh, the products on Instagram and, you know, there's like, cause we handwrite notes and stuff and there's a note yeah. that says like from Cam and Alex and you're like, fuck me. Yeah. We, this is our product and somebody has bought into it. And there's a lot of those little pinch me moments. So, mm. you know, I think just mm-hmm. acknowledging and being grateful for all of those things and just like you said as well man like you know you are working towards something people are listening people are buying you know and you got to keep it going for them people love it and i think too like also like it's people got to remember it's been two years of us like oh yeah slogging it out like we should we saw like you know a a glimmer of success on youtube one of our videos started to get picked up and go quite well mainly because we pissed people off because they disagreed (laughs) with the youtube video in barista mentor there's a lot of Um, americans that hate me out there (laughs) um and they they can't get coffee right yeah well (laughs) anyway we'll we won't say any more on that topic we've said enough um and then yeah a little bit of success with the advent calendar but they were kind of just like little glimmers and then you know a lot of crickets in between all of that yeah and it's really only now that kind of like as i said the stone started to roll but that's pretty much been two years it was literally when covid started that alex got back and we had that conversation Mm. and i think april after the march that it all kicked off we got together and started to do that so that's two years but then people that see us on tiktok are like oh they've launched this product Six mm. days later, it's gone viral. Wow, like how easy kind of thing. And it's like, no, that, like that's not what it is at all. And, and like, yeah. yeah, I think it's important to, to oh, share 100%. that too. Yeah. 
And so, you know, you guys mail out coffee to people. What was the process in sourcing that coffee and, you know, quality testing and getting all of that ready? What was that process like? Yeah, so we actually work with a couple of guys up in North Lakes, um, uh, semi-pro coffee roasters. They're very, very good friends of ours and have supported us uh, over the last two years, ever since the initial concept of Barista Mentor. And we've always had close working relationships with them. Um, so we've kind of approached them, you know, over the last year or so about uh, the idea of our own products. Uh, and we basically work together to form the blend. Um, so, you know, they'll import green coffee, um, from different parts of the world. Um, we would then roast test samples based on what we were kind of looking for, and then we would uh, essentially cup them. Um, so basically a cupping is a way to taste the coffee without using any of the variables, so not pulling it through an espresso machine, not agitating it yeah. too much, basically just a, uh, an equal way to taste the coffees. So we would kind of go back and forth until we were happy with the profile, and then we would start to taste the espressos, make sure it worked with uh, all the different milks, so obviously dairy to then all the alt milks as well. Um, yeah. So it was a pretty tedious mm. process, um, you know, because obviously at the end of the day, we want to uh, provide the utmost highest quality of coffee to the yeah. home consumer and obviously give someone, you know, who's making coffee at home an experience that they've probably never had before and basically taking cafe, cafe quality coffee into the home and making it more accessible and easier to use as well. Um, and really, honestly, that stems down to just using extremely high quality grey coffee and that's kind of what we try and pride ourselves on as yeah. well. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, you, you had tested on all the different alternate milks. What are your opinions on the alternate milks? Are they the ones that you like? Are the ones you hate? What are I I have been caught out for saying stuff in the past about this topic before. I I think old milks are great. I think that they're definitely, you know, becoming... I think, you know, I don't know what yeah. your cafe split now is, but it's still obviously yeah. like 60 70% full cream milk, but already like 30% is old milks, whereas like two years ago, it would have been like 90% dairy, 10% old milks. Because mm. I think there mm. are so many great alternatives out there now. My personal favorite is oat milk because it gives you like the full creaminess. However, yeah. the protein levels are quite low in it. So when you do go and steam the milk, um, forming the structure is quite difficult. Um, I absolutely hate, I basically hate anything that's not like bonsoi, uh, oat milk, and probably that's it. If I'm 100% honest, I'm not a big fan of almond milk. Um, macadamia milk, cashew milk, goat's milk, pea milk. Yeah. There's so many these days, but yeah, I think it's really is, great yeah. to see that there is lots of different alternatives. And I think that, um, you know, there's a selected few that work really well with coffee uh, and obviously don't change the flavor of the actual coffee too much. So yeah. that's the that's the science nerdy answer from Alex. I'm <laughs> going to say, I just, I just drink black coffee pretty much. So I mainly have like filter coffee. Um, occasionally I'll have a flat white and I'll just have full cream. But yeah, I mean, I don't have have a stance on it at the end of the day yeah. i i am of the belief of you can drink your coffee how you like and if you like it like that mm. then that's great good for you um <laughs> i'm not answer. yeah i'm not like you know i don't think but he's basically saying if he had to choose a team he'd go team oat milk oh yeah <laughs> sure <laughs> if that it's keeps you happy mate if we're not gonna fight again <laughs> i was i was on the armor milk for a little while um and it was i'm I think I haven't actually been tested or anything, but I think I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter because all lactose intolerant people like to ruin their guts. And I'm still one of those people who loves, you know, the taste of full <laughs> cream milk and full, yeah. you know, full milk ice cream, whatever. But, um, what I found very fascinating was, you know, the different approaches to almond milk as well. You've got, mm. you know, your barista's almond milk and your normal yeah. almond milk. And it was just stark, like, Sometimes it would work really well and sometimes it was just a complete mm. miss and it would ruin the coffee. Um, so I ended up switching back to full cream milk. Um, unfortunately, my brothers are very bad at buying milk. They like making it out of milk powder, which I hate. So mm. I had a nice long black this morning on my way in, which I think was a slight mistake because I got very jittery very quickly. <laughs> That's that long yeah. caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I, I, I really... As someone who hasn't like tried all the milks, I'm definitely gonna have to try oat milk out. Um, a lot I of would people keep recommending milk, yeah. me, yeah. Um, and so while you were, you know, creating the business and getting all the beans tested and bits and pieces, 
Um, how did you go about sorting the logistics of like getting that all like in the right spot at the right time to be sent out to everyone? So basically, uh, we're lucky enough because we do work with the roastery. Basically, you can store green coffee for you know up to a couple of months. So that's mm-hmm. what happens before it's roasted. Um, you know, so we kind of made sure that we were tying in with lots that the roasteries were purchasing so they would still be using uh, certain aspects of that stock for other products that they were doing. Um, yeah. So still no one has our exact blend, um, but obviously they could use the different components of the green coffee into other aspects or other uh, customers they might need to do. So that way we weren't investing in like uh, a ton of stock basically and then worrying that it was going to sit there. And then um, we dispatch uh, twice a week. So we roast twice a week based on the orders that come in. Um, And then obviously we uh, roast pack and ship those ones out. Um, So logistics, I guess I have a bit of a background in operations and logistics from everything that I've been doing over the last uh, six, seven years or so. Um, So I kind of grabbed the reins on that. Mm. Um, But obviously Mm -hmm. we just communicate with our fulfillment team as much as possible as well to make sure it's a a smooth process. And it's been very tricky because of obviously... Uh, there's still COVID delays with um, shipping carriers, yeah. uh, all of the floods that happened through March. Yeah. Um, Western mm-hmm. Australia recently had uh, network rail issues and weather condition yeah. issues. Um, so we've really struggled to get shipments into WA at the moment. Um, so we've just been tackling them as a, as come as yeah. per basis. And, you know, unfortunately in the month, uh, month of March, we had to resend out uh, quite a bit of coffee over to WA at our own expense, uh, purely because some shipping carriers were taking literally like four to five weeks to get the yeah. um, the coffee delivered, so we would have to repost and express post it. Um, so, yeah, logistics are definitely daily conversations that we have, mm. um, but that's my cup of tea. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I'll drink that all day long. <laughs> yeah, there was a period of time where I was like, oh, wait, do I become a systems engineer and like yes. you know, just like design these complex systems? I do love that kind of stuff. I have deep appreciation for the people, especially who work in shipping, because it's just a nightmare, especially mm-hmm. with the rolling floods that seem to be hitting the East Coast at the moment. Mm. Yeah, big time. Uh, and so what are the plans for the future now? Like what are what are some of what are you guys hoping to do um, over the next few years? I think for us, um, now that we've got a bit of momentum, and again, this is just my take on it, but definitely like just continue to solidify the brand now, like our our main hero product, Homebody, which is beans for the home espresso machine. I think like we're onto such a winner there, like the reviews that we're getting already from people and the feedback has just been fantastic. So I think for us, it's just to continue to get as much exposure on that product as possible and really solidify the brand. Uh, We're definitely keen to do the advent calendar again this year as well because that was, went so well last year and people are already asking about it again. Um, and then, yeah, just to continue to expand the range and really explore, uh, yeah, coffee for home and <clears throat> how we can make the experience better and I guess slowly educate our customers Yeah. because we don't want to overwhelm them with information like coffee's such a rabbit hole. What I've learned off Alex in like the past, what, two years since he's been back has mm. just stretched my knowledge so much, but obviously <laughs> i got access to him all day and I just ask him questions. Um, and I was already starting from some sort of a base having, you know, had my cafe for a while, yeah. but just to, yeah, how, looking at ways that we can continue to educate in a yeah. fun way yeah. that's not exhaustive and people don't feel like they're studying coffee, but just to slowly bring their coffee mm. experience at home up because we believe it is possible to get a great tasting coffee at home. Um, uh, but mm. there's probably just not enough education mm. out there, mm. uh, without it being exhausting, as I said. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that's, uh, it's very fascinating. Do you find, have you found like where that limit is where you become like oversaturating coffee education or something? Um, I think that in the early days we were trying to, especially through our email marketing, we were trying mm-hmm. to educate um, and we probably went a bit too hard too fast and we could see the engagement rates completely had dropped off and the click rates had dropped off as well and people weren't as interested. I think it's definitely something, you know, you can't really force on people. People definitely yeah. need to, to come to it. So I do think we'll continue to explore it through tick. Uh, like platforms like TikTok, Instagram Reels. Um, we'll do some YouTube on the side there as well yeah. um, mm-hmm. to just have it organically come. Yeah, absolutely. But like an example of a way that I guess we're slowly introducing it is we do have a 
subscription product, Taste, which I guess is kind of like a homage to the mm. uh, original marketplace that we had. And that goes out every month. And it is for people who are looking to, I guess, educate themselves a bit more than they're kind of taking that journey on their own. Mm. It is four different roasters every month uh, that it goes out. And we've got a filter and espresso box. And this month it's just gone out. We've just introduced a sensory tasting card. So it's yeah. just a way for people to, rather than just drinking their coffee in the morning, going, mm, you know, caffeine, go-go juice kind of thing. It's just like, yeah. stop, take a second, what am I tasting? Where am I tasting it? What am I smelling? And just to get them to even take that step and mm. actually just think about what they're tasting mm. can just improve the experience so much and also their education as well. I mean, I guess it's to relate it to something that uh, Australians are probably a bit more familiar with is wine. The, you yeah. know, the, like the more you taste wine, the more you kind of know a good wine from a shit wine. Mm. Uh, you kind of get yeah. to know different grape varieties and it's the same with coffee as well. Um, but it's just kind of bridging that gap in education slowly. And I think that also ties in well, like the whole wine thing with our ultimate long-term goal is, you know, everybody treats wine and understands wine so much, but for some reason, you know, they don't do the same with coffee. You know, essentially we want to help bridge that that commercialized gap between what we're trying to do with, you know, third wave and specialty coffee and commercial coffee and bring them just somewhere in the middle to have a better understanding about coffee or why they're drinking it, but also understanding you know, why it costs so much that it does. Do you know, I think that there is a huge issue with coffee and the way it's been marketed ever since it's ever come is it's, 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 ah, Jesus. It's that it's accessible and that, um, I totally lost my train of thought now, um, that it's accessible and it's always been a necessity. Whereas like alcohol, like wine and gin and all kinds of alcohol have been like, Oh, this is a treat. This is something Mm. special, but you know, the cost to make coffee and to grow it and to harvest it, it's not cheaper than wine or anything wine, like that. Yeah. It's just the way that we've perceived it and the mm. connotations attached to coffee uh, are so different. And so, you know, eventually we would love to to change that, uh, the definition and the, yeah. and the need for coffee as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's got something to do also with like our coffee culture here in Australia. Um, we do have this weird coffee culture, which I think um, sometimes makes it a little inaccessible. Um, from time to time, you hear stuff about coffee and you go, yeah, I, that seems a little bit too much for me. You know, for example, mm. you know, I've just got an AeroPress at home that I use to make my coffee before I leave the house in the morning. Um, and it's like, I just need a, not that it's just go-go juice. I do, you know, still drink it quite critically, but like at the same time, the, I need, like, I just need to make coffee efficiently while mm-hmm. I'm still half asleep on my way yep. out for my 7 a.m. call time. So like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think if we could, you know, educate it, but also like make it super accessible, then of course 100%. people are going to be more interested and, you know, maybe incorporate, you know, some more interesting things or pay more attention to their coffee, you know, when they're in their morning rush. And exactly what you've said is exactly yeah. what we're trying to do at Fiend is, you know, we're making... Uh, specialty coffee more accessible to the home consumer and creating products around that. So, you know, one of the most recent products we've just launched is, uh, it's called Drippy, but it's a coffee drip bag. So it's essentially similar to like a, a drip filter, um, mm. but it's a, a single use disposable bag with only a pre-dosed amount of coffee. It's ground already. You literally just put it over your cup, pour your hot water through it, and then you're done and you're out the door. You know, you don't have to, you know, dive really deep mm. into the scales, the grinding, all of that stuff. But ultimately, mm. you're still getting an exceptionally high quality grade coffee, which you might not usually have at the convenience. And yeah. I think that's what we really want to do. And really trying to find that balance with that as in, yeah, there's a little bit of education there, but you don't have to go to mm. a level of like a wine sommelier, for example, you, you know, mm. or like... Uh, yeah, with coffee, you can just get to that little bit of knowledge, but still enjoy a better quality cup at home mm-hmm. with convenience. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. And, you know, my parents got into coffee when I was about 15, 16. I wasn't actually allowed to drink it until I turned 18. They kind of turned it into like an alcohol kind of thing. But <laughs> it, was, um, it was so fascinating of them like trying out different coffees. And like even then I rang my mum you know, a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I need to buy some more coffee. Do you have any recommendations from your last trip into the city? And she's like, oh, I went to this cafe and this cafe. These coffees were nice. These were a little bit shit. Um, And like, (laughs) obviously that's one way of being able to experience coffee. But, you know, Mm. doing it this way, I think, especially for people my age who are 
online all the time i think it really makes it a lot more accessible and accessible in a different way as well because you don't Mm. often see you know wine sommeliers or even coffee people on tiktok as much as you know say other experiences or other bits and pieces that you can visually experience rather than you know tasting Mm, exactly definitely and so, you know, you had your 30-day campaign on TikTok um, and that went incredibly well. Do you have any, like, other crazy plans other than, obviously, the education that we were talking about just before um, for the TikTok platform? Not yet. Um, we're in the brainstorm stage. Yeah. There's, a few, there's a few ideas bouncing about. Um, you're definitely going to see some, some big TikTok stuff, some weird TikTok stuff coming, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, still in the, the brainstorm stage at the moment. Yeah, I guess it kind of like the challenge finished um, and then we're just trying to catch up on everything that we kind of, all the seeds we planted in those 30 days. Mm. And then as Alex and I like to do, spend time apart in our business, mm. I've just been away for the last week as well. So I guess now we're kind of coming back and reset and we'll push forward from here and have a bit more brainstorming. But we, yeah, we're definitely not done with TikTok yet. We've got a lot more things that we want to try and stuff on there as well. Yeah. That's super exciting. And as you said, you're looking at, you know, different ranges and different products on in coffee. Um, have you, like, when you go through, obviously, the process we were discussing before, what, what does that, um, it, has that changed since you first started two years ago? Yeah, definitely. The, the process has definitely been streamlined and I guess we're looking for different things now. Mm. Do you know, initially with the uh, two years ago, the, the concept was completely different, you know, and it was heavily focused on certain types of coffees or maybe certain types of roasters, you know, whereas now uh, it all needs to relate back to our brand and our mission of our own products. So, mm. you know, the things that we're looking for and the approach that we've had is obviously somewhat similar in terms of tasting quality, but also assessing accessibility has changed, I think, mm. as well. And yeah. maybe like changing how maybe particular we once were about very minute, obscure details, mm. you know, in the in the larger scheme of things probably don't matter as much. And I think that's been a big learning thing for me, yeah. um, being a complete coffee nerd and complete coffee geek. Um, but then also, you know, we're looking to expand our product range into not just consumables at the moment, you know, we're looking into merch and, and different things like that, but yeah. making sure that the brand is um, at the core and, and very present. Yeah. For those, because this is, I know, auditory medium, um, but I, um, Cam and Alex are wearing the most amazing shirts I've ever seen with their awesome logo on it. Um, <laughs> they're really, really good. I've just gone through, uh, I run a couple of clubs at uni, so we were going through and doing some merch orders. I'm jealous by those. Um, those look really, really good. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah these if, are if I can, shout out to RK Threads on Instagram. He reached out to us and asked if he could do us a couple of shirts. So he actually sent us these. Yeah. So oh, wow. another small business as well. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. based down in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing when small businesses combine and like um, help mm. each other out. It's one of those amazing things. And I think it's kind of speaks to the Aussie like culture of you know you know help it helping out a mate um, and helping out people in similar situations too it's pretty cool yeah, yeah definitely and that was one of the things that we really loved about the TikTok challenge is just the amount of like small businesses or other mm. businesses that reached out and said hey like we love what you guys are doing like we'd love to be involved or we'd love to help in some way or like we'd love to do the challenge ourselves kind of thing so yeah yeah it was really cool to get to connect with so many people through that like the community that we found through the TikTok was probably one of the best things mm. we found definitely would you ever consider you know roasting and processing the coffee yourselves on site yeah, can't, uh, <laughs> I won't give too much away. Um, you know, it's definitely not off the cards, uh, mm-hmm. but we also work with some amazing talent who have been doing it for over 20 years. Yeah. Uh, they know their stuff inside of out, you know, um, and we work really, really well together. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to say yes and I'm not going to say no. I'm going to be very... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one it's, of those things once you're in that relationship, you go, oh, you know, by doing it ourselves, you're kind of edging out that competition. You kind of do like a combination or, you know. Yeah, and there's also a, a massive high risk if we were to do that ourselves. The, the capital investment for a roastery and a warehouse space, uh, then importing the green, all those kinds of logistics. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're, we're, we're not at a stage to be doing those things ourselves yet in terms of... Mm-hmm. 
uh, the amount of customers that we actually have as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. it wouldn't make sense for us right now. Uh, but you know, I'm never going to. Nice. I'm going to quote the beeps. Never say never. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Um, no, I always find it fascinating. Um, I'm really fortunate to live around the corner from. You might have heard of them, Fox Coffee Roasters. Yes. Uh, yes. So, uh, really amazing uh, uh, local roastery here. And I always am fascinated because it is such a small... Like, it looks small and dingy on the outside, but I know that they supply coffee to so many other places. And yeah. It's always, it's always fascinating to, you know, see as you go to order your coffee, you know, whatever's going on in the background, what, what they're roasting that day in bits and pieces. It's, it's amazing. It's one yeah. of those things that I think I could watch and smell forever. Oh, it's yeah. honestly the best. But like, like we yeah. go out to the roastery at least once a week or once a fortnight, um, and we're always out there. And yeah, it's always just smells amazing. We're yeah. always tasting amazing things. It's uh, you know we're so lucky to be in such a great industry, really. Yeah. And yeah, it's amazing and so positive as well. You know, sometimes the industries get like real toxic or real sorry, mm. real toxic or real negative. And you know, there are uh, it's you know. It's fascinating to see how how positive and community driven the coffee industry, local mm-hmm. coffee industry, seems to be here. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think that there is like a, a really great uh, community for coffee. You know, there's this like underground coffee world that not a lot of people know about, and it's the competition space. And it's like there's all these coffee competitions that happen and you can win some serious cash through them as well. Yeah. And But the community that comes from that is always really, really good. It's usually super welcoming. Um, yeah. You know, everybody's knowledgeable and wants to share knowledge. And I think in particular, um, that's why, like, I really love the Brisbane coffee scene in particular. Yeah. So I've like, worked in the UK coffee scene. I was down in Melbourne for a little bit as well. Um, you know, I found that, I don't want to slag off the Melbourne coffee scene because it's still amazing <laughs> and it's still very community based. But unfortunately, because it grew so quickly, it became extremely competitive and it went from being, you know, everyone sharing knowledge to everybody kind of kind of hiding their secrets. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel yeah. like Brisbane is still very open arms, like everybody in, yeah. let's yeah. chat, let's bounce ideas. Um, and, and that's why I love it as well. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, I, I think it's so fascinating. It's one of those things where... Um, and I think that it's not necessarily you've got to keep it small, but you've got to be focused on that community aspect as, you know, things grow. I think Brisbane's coffee scene is right at the point now where there, um, there's a lot of room for growth as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're, we're at, you know, I know that there are plenty of people who love good coffee. Uh, and um, I think it's a testament to our coffee culture that um, there are so many emerging, amazing, yeah. you know, new coffee brands, including yours, coming through the woodwork. Um, I think, yeah, Brisbane in the next five years, the yeah. entire hospitality space is going to be, it's already so special and it's booming. Yeah. And I think in the next five years, it's going to be it's very incredible to watch and it's very exciting to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and... Um, for you guys personally, would you ever move away from Brisbane now that you've based your business here, or would it? Maybe. No, no, no. Yeah, we. Well, Alex actually did six months um, down in Melbourne because he'd yeah. always just wondered what it would be like to live there. So, what mid last year to the end of last year, he was down in Melbourne, and yeah. we actually ran the business separately there. That was before we had our own products. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now, definitely, it it would be difficult to move away just because we do want to be, you know, around the mm. uh, the roasting aspect of it, um, yeah. particularly in these early days and stuff like that. But who knows down the track? I mean, that's always been an appeal of e-commerce to me is the ability to kind of work from where you want to, or, you know, mm. it's easy to work from home because a lot of the, like I look after a lot of the creative and graphics and mm. um, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So doing that from home for me or, you know, on a computer is easy. I mean, I come to the office cause Alex and I like to annoy each other, but. And yeah. I, I think that's the thing, you know, like we, like, like Cam said, like mid last year, I moved down to Melbourne uh, for yeah six, seven months and the business ran completely fine. You know, every day we're on the phone through FaceTime, through Zoom, like it was very, doable but you know once we came once i decided to move back to brisbane and we came back together we realized how much nicer it was Mm. seeing each other face to face every day you know our friendship and relationship got better again yeah Uh, well not that it was bad (laughs) not that it was yeah i moved down i moved down because i had to get away from him no but you know there's just a really nice vibe that we have in the office Mm. um you know so 
I don't think personally I would leave Brisbane anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we were to go, we'd probably go together, <laughs> I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe Gold Coast. Yeah, maybe Gold Coast. Yeah, um, we love the beach. Yeah, I love the beach. Or Asia. I really want to move to Asia. Do you? That's yeah. news to me. <laughs> he springs these things on me on a weekly basis. I'm moving to Asia next week. It was Adelaide last week. It's Asia this week. <laughs> Who knows where it'll be next week? I can't so, sit still. It sounds like my family. I, I'm about to go on a trip out to Alice Springs uh, at the oh, moment. Amazing. And my mother is like beyond, not mad, just like. She's like, Dad's up to his normal shenanigans. He's been in Canberra for the last two weeks. He's going straight to Alice Springs to go mountain bike riding. And then uh, we'll come home and she's like, you know what? I'm getting out of here. I'm going on a trip. And Dad's like, oh, but I wanted to go on another trip. And she's like, no, you're not (laughs) springing that on me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's so good. Love it. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty amazing. And I think it's one of the most fascinating things you guys mentioned as well when you came back together. It was was a lot nicer. I think I'm finding that as we return to Mm. in-person work, I'm remembering why I liked it. Um, Obviously, there's parts I'm like, oh, I can just do this at home now instead Mm -hmm. of having to go into the office. But, like, from time to time, I'm like, I just want to speak to people. And I love speaking to people. 100%. Yeah. I think that's what I really missed um, was the social aspect was yeah. having a face-to-face conversation with somebody every day and yeah, yeah. it's it, it's really nice to be able to everyone to be back in the office and you know I think I think work from home days are still good like focus yeah. days but yeah. I personally think that yeah face-to-face and being in and person is, is really beneficial it's a bit of a weird thing to say I guess but I think the energy flows much better when you're in person like even for conversations like a lot of the time when we were not even for an in, from an inter- internet lag perspective but a lot of the times yeah. we would mm. interrupt each other when we were on like a yeah. phone call or whatever it was really weird mm. whereas like the flow of conversation and stuff I think you can just sense a lot more like the body language and stuff when mm. you're in person with people and just the energy and like I guess the brainstorming of ideas and stuff is seems like it's been so much uh, bigger and better being in person as opposed to just and being able to then act on it and execute goals and to-do lists is is you know being able to see each other is being able to keep each other a lot more accountable and you know check-ins and things like that as well make sure you're not heading down to the pub for a (laughs) pint yeah um it's it's one of those things where that like i don't know it's just sometimes it's really hard to put in words but I think that we are um, at a point where we're flexible but we understand the benefits of being in person Mm. well thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast I really really appreciated chatting to you and it's lovely to chat to someone from Brisbane as well who you know is is nice and local Um, I'm very sorry that I couldn't be there in person but um, this is just as good Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much really for inviting us on. We've had a great yeah. time. Where can people well, find you on the internet? Um, so you can head to our socials on Instagram, just at Fiend Coffee, or our website is www.fiendcoffee.com. Mm-hmm. And TikTok as well. Yeah, uh, is uh, Cameron Walker for myself, or you can just go to Fiend Coffee as well, where we share all our education. And that's F E I N D, not F I E N D, as in like caffeine. Yeah, yes. Uh, it's one of those things where I like read it I'm like it doesn't look quite right and then I saw the apostrophe I'm like oh okay that makes sense <laughs> yes gets it um, you're a smart man yeah uh, it's 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 an interesting name I, I love the name um, definitely a talking point <laughs> oh yeah 100% um, and is there anything that you've been reading watching listening to playing that you want to plug yeah for sure Something that I'm reading at the moment, I'm actually not a massive reader, um, as people who know me. Uh, I've only read a few books in my entire life, uh, but I'm starting to get really into reading at the moment. And I'm reading um, The Resilience Project at the moment, and it's all about finding uh, a better life uh, and finding happiness through uh, gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness. Um, and I'm finding it super, super interesting. Uh, a friend gave it to me, and yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend it. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Mm, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I am um, reading a book that I've read several times before, and it's kind of a book that really helped me a lot in the early days of business, and that's called The E-Myth. It's short for The Entrepreneurial Myth. And it's basically all just about systemizing your business and putting things in place so you don't burn out, so you're not the business and you actually have systems that are the business yeah. rather than you being self-employed. Yeah, um, yeah. And that is anyone who is looking to get into business, even if it is in the early days, I recommend that book to everyone it's yeah. yeah one of my all-time favorites and it cha- it literally changed yeah. my life and the way that i was able to do business cam yeah. gave it to me as well it's a very good read yeah yeah awesome 
Uh, well, uh, for everyone's reminder on the podcast, um, you can find me at sam.the.journalist on Instagram and on TikTok, Sam OB Journalist on Twitter. Uh, and um, this week, I'm going to plug uh, Know Your Product uh, by The Saints. It's a it's a, one of my favourite songs at the moment, um, and uh, one of the band members of the Saints uh, just died uh, yesterday mm-hmm. as of recording. Uh, it's a lovely uh, Brizzy Band piece, um, and it actually is like the intro song for our news bulletins here at the radio station. So I've been listening to it on repeat for the last day and a bit, um, and it's it's definitely a bop. I, I highly suggest listening to it. Will do. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, well, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, and I can't wait to see what you guys do in the future. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for having us. us. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Again with the It's non-stop. Yeah. It's non-stop. No, we really appreciate it, mate. No, we really Thanks appreciate it. Thank you very, very much awesome. for having us on, Sam. Thank you for listening to Content and Capable. You can follow the podcast socials at Content, the letter N, Capable, on Instagram and Twitter. You can send a super boring email to us through contentandcapablepod at gmail.com. The art was done by Opia. You can follow them on opia underscore art on Instagram. Opia is spelled O-P-I-A. Feel free to message them about making art for your project. Our music was written, recorded and edited by Nora Strauss-Riggs. You can find Nora at Kane underscore I, that's I as in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. I'm proud to be a part of the Movie Night Crew Network, which features the restricted section, a chapter-by-chapter Harry Potter pod with lots of spoilers all the time, the Movie Night Crew, join some friends as they react to some terrible, some meh, and some really great movies, of the oldest gods, chapter-by-chapter Rick Riordan pod full of myths and legends, My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast that follows the true hero of Avatar The Last Airbender, The Cabbage Cart Guy, and Fandom's Gone Wrong, a show that discusses all things fandoms. Hello, you awesome nerds out there. Yes, you. Have I got the podcast for you. We've got pop culture, swearing, and all the immature jokes you could ask for. We'll take you on a journey through TV shows, movies, books, and maybe a video game someday. And we'll tell you how they all went wrong. I'm Charlie. And I'm Carrie. And this is Fandoms Gone Wrong. New episodes every other Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Content and Capable is a podcast all about answering the question, how do you adult? Don't forget to rate and review it on your favorite podcatcher, and I will see you next Monday for another episode. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.